You're listening to Q-Tips from the Video Store Junkies, but you probably already know that. So why am I wasting your time telling you when Bill, Paul, Renee, and myself could be recommending you eight films to watch for the weekend of June 18th, 2021? I have no excuses. So, Bill, what's the first movie people should watch this weekend? Well, I'm going to break with tradition here and actually talk about a movie they should avoid at all costs. And I realize as I'm saying this, that this will intrigue people and actually have the exact opposite effect. And that's how I think this movie has survived the many years that it's been here. I've heard of it and I knew I wasn't going to like it, but it got picked for a decades of horror podcast. So I bit the bullet and decided to watch it wisely, deciding to do so when my wife was, you know, busy being employed. And, um, blood-sucking freaks oh i don't think i'm talking out of school here when i say this this movie's pretty infamous for being loathsome and listen i will defend cannibal holocaust to the day i die all right i i, I am not a prude I, I i i see value in most things this was an ordeal to sit through and not a fun ordeal in, in any way shape or form I, you know there's some it's a gross-out film, and you can say, well, you should accept it as that. I, I get that. I've watched films like that. All the H.G. Lewis films are basically like that. Faces of Death are like that. They, you can enjoy them with lots of alcohol and some warped friends and in the background. But this is just mean-spirited, unpleasant gore porn. Mm. It's not well done. It's not fun. It's got one, I'll, I'll give it, it has one good performance. And the rest of it is just, it's, it goes on forever. It's at a certain point, you just, you check the, you check the remote. It's like, I'm halfway through and you're like, oh, it just, there's no reason for this thing to exist. It's the one film that Lloyd Kaufman says, if he had to do his life over, he might have decided not to pick up. <laughs> and with a recommendation like that from Uncle Lloyd, I think you should listen. And I, I realize now you're like, oh, I got to go watch this. Hey, you've been warned. <laughs> it's not it's not going to be a fun experience but you can say that you watch blood sucking freaks and everyone will look at you and say you know it, it's just it's just not good just there's nothing good about it <laughs> just, I, I, i'm trying to oh what <laughs> bill bill will you ever be able to listen to uh the barber of seville again the same way you know, I'll, I'll look, I'll give it that. I'll give the one thing, you okay, it's one of those movies where you're you're looking for something to justify the time of your life that you're wasting that you'll never get back. And the one thing, the, the famous scene where a guy uh, straps a woman into a chair, by the way, what I just said, straps a naked woman into a chair is repeated at least 16 times. You know, if, if that's what you're in for, this is the movie for you, you sick freak. Uh, he shaves her head drills a hole in the fake head it's fake and then he sticks a straw in there and sucks out her brains oh so lord well, yeah um uh, okay it's it's phony it's uh, the one funny part is he's doing the barber of seville as he's doing this and that gave me a flashback to um the rabbit of seville the classic bugs bunny cartoon where he does kind of the same thing to elmer fudd except for the brain sucking part and um that's uh, uh, Bugs Bunny it, it, and blood sucking freak should I be mentioned in the same sentence? It's, but but in the punchline of that, uh, the punchline as it were of that scene, isn't punchline. that when uh, when when the other people who've done horrible, irresponsible things, they were repulsed by what he did? Yes. And don't they they grab him and they yes they him. grab him and throw him into the cage of feral naked women? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds like a terrible thing. I know. I, you know, everything I've just said makes this sound so much better. You, you'll, 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 you will be, this will really put your heterosexuality to the test because never have naked women been so uninteresting. You just want to hit the fast forward button. Uh, everyone involved in this movie is either dead uh, or, or has left it off their resume. Nobody puts this on their resume. It's just, it's so terrible. I, I guess... If you really like 70s New York porn, which was very different from the 70s California porn, Maniac, for example, you know, the same kind of vibe. The same, the same filmmakers that shot all of these New York-based horror movies also shot all the New York porn movies, and there's not a dime's worth of difference between them. It's, it, the only difference is the body fluids involved. They're unpleasant. They're grimy. With horror movies, that's acceptable because, you know, if you're telling about a maniac running around New York, it should be unpleasant and grimy. Why you would want that vibe in your, you know, your sex scenes is beyond me, but whatever floats your boat. But this is just awful. And have remind to talk people. About this movie for an hour on Wednesday. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't believe that we are going to have an hour. It's just going to be an hour of me just groaning and saying how awful it is. I, 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 You've already done that. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, we, like, we've almost developed an hour here. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Just, no, no, Bill, where can they not me. see this if they don't want to see you it? Cannot, you cannot see uh, Let me give it the worst recommendation possible. It's it's on uh, Shutter. It's part of the Joe Bob Briggs. And even though it's got Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy, the male girl, and special appearance by um, uh, wrestler uh, Chris Jericho, it's still not worth watching. It's not even worth Joe Bob Briggs stuff. This this is like watching Castle of Fu Manchu and Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's just not worth it. Nothing can redeem this thing. So there you go. I've probably just doubled the number of people who wanted to go see it. I mean, I'm going to go watch it for sure. Yeah, yeah see? Yeah, <laughs> I heard a cage full of feral screaming women, naked women, and I was like, yes. Uh, I know it sounds like a dream come true. but You know, I, I, have, I, I can't say I hate it as much as Bill does, but I definitely... Wouldn't I don't put this on my recommendation list? How about that? That's the, that's as far as I can go with it. So yeah, that says a lot. Yeah. yeah. Hey, wait. What do you mean? <laughs> All right. Well, can we have to do another throw, uh, another review? Let me throw this to Paul. Oh well, there we go. Um, well, I've got one I can recommend. Um, this is uh, it's called Tresse. T R E S E. So T R E S E. Tresse. It's on Netflix. It's a Filipino anime. And it's actually based on a Filipino comic book called Tresse. <laughs> and it's about uh, a, a woman, young woman named Alexander, Alexandra Tresse, who is a Babylon, which is, I guess, like a shaman slash healer, kind of like an occult detective protector type, and uh, takes place in uh, modern Manila. But she's kind of going up against um, traditional... Filipino um, spirits and monsters, such as Aswangs and things like this. But there's an overall story arc. It's six relatively short episodes, about 20, 25 minutes, so you could easily binge it. Um, I do have to say the sixth episode gets a little talky with sort of the bad guy giving a bit of a monologue, but but it works well enough that you really want to see the setup for a season two. In fact, you might even want to go and find... I think it's on Comixology. You can find an English translation of the comic itself. It was really interesting. I'm, I'm not a big person for binging, and, and six episodes of a 25-minute series is a lot for me. So um, this was really good. Again, it's called 
Tresse, T-R-E-S-E, and it's a Filipino uh, anime, and you can watch it in an English dub or in Filipino as well. With They have two different casts that, that do it, and uh, it's really good. Um, so, uh, Renee, how about you? What have you got? I have... Um... I forgot to write down what year this was made, but it was pretty recent. And it is a horror, um, I guess you could put it in that teen genre. And this is called The Ranger, and it is available on Shudder. And we just watched it this past weekend. Um, so there is a, oh, and it stars Chloe Levine and Jeremy Holm. And there's a group of obnoxious teenagers that are on the run from the cops. And so they go and hide out in a cabin in the woods and you know how that goes. Um, and they kind of run into a bit of an unhinged, uh, park ranger. Uh, and it's, it was kind of fun and it kind of kept you guessing a little bit for me. I was just like, is he good? Is he bad? I don't know. And I guess that's up to you to decide. Um, you know, the longer I, uh, thought about this movie, the, the more I kind of dug it. So, um, yeah, it's available on shutter and it is called the ranger. There you go. And I'll pass this to Zach. And, and I want to throw in a second on that. That was, it was a really fun one. Yay. Well, hopefully I'm not stealing anyone's recommendation. Mine is a bit of a cheat, uh, but I am going to do, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Paul here and have a theme this week. Uh, my first pick is going to be the, uh, the, the new film from George Romero, which if you know anything about George Romero, you're probably confused by that statement because he died several years ago, but a new movie has been unearthed and finally released to the public. And I'm, of course, talking about The Amusement Park, which is not even really a movie. If you go in expecting a film, you'll probably be a little bit disappointed. But it is actually a project that was originally shot as kind of a, uh, a PSA type thing for uh, a, I believe it was a Lutheran group. And it is all about the horrors of aging and how you should not discriminate against the elderly which the older I get, the more I agree with. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit amateurly made, and you know uh, you, you can actually find, we're going to be talking about it a little more uh, this Friday. Uh, we are going to release an episode where we talk about it a little more in depth, but it's kind, of a, uh, it's kind of an interesting time capsule because this was made, I believe this would have been like his fourth or fifth film. Again, it's not really a film. It's 53 minutes, but it, 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 in the timeline of his filmography, uh, this was uh, around the time, I believe, that The Crazies came out that he made this. It was made in 1973, unearthed and released, I, I believe, first in 2019 in limited release, and now it's on Shudder. So you can go back and watch it. It's kind of a very interesting, uh, like I said, it's kind of a time capsule, and it's, you know, it's it's interestingly made. It's got some, it's got some very interesting George Romero connections. Uh, some of the people involved in it were involved in a lot of his other stuff, so I don't know. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's worth watching. I I think it's actually, you know, despite the fact that it may not be uh it doesn't really have a narrative and it's it's a little bit uh directionless at times, but I actually think it's a surprisingly powerful PSA and uh, kind of kind of unfortunate that it was buried for all those years because I think it probably should have been released at the time of its making and uh would have convinced some people to be nicer to uh the elderly. So, yeah, that's my pick, uh, The Amusement Park from George Romero on Shudder. And speaking of the elderly, uh, Bill, what is your oh, second God. pick? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Master oh. of the Segway, yes. 
I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you're not even a little bit sorry. Not even remotely are you sorry. <laughs> Too good to resist. Oh. I'm going to recommend a film from 1979 called Tourist Trap. Yay! Which, yes, a bizarre, strange little movie that uh, kind of slipped through the cracks, but has been rediscovered. Stephen King says it's one of his favorite films. And it's it's very weird. It's it's a um, it seems like just the usual bunch of horny kids go off and find a creepy museum run by Chuck Connors. Now this is where most of us would just say run, run for your lives, but no, they they stick around. And you, as you would expect, things go south fast. It's it's you know it's got it's got mannequins. Uh, and no no good no good will come of this. But it's also got like psychic powers and a weird surrealistic edge to it that there's this movie just isn't it doesn't follow the rules so it it keeps you guessing it's kind of fun yeah the scenes go on maybe a little too long it could use some tightening up but it's a lot of fun and just takes you in some unexpected places it's directed by david schmaller who and when you look into this you find out and and this makes a lot of sense he worked with alejandro jadowski and and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this guy's right, Louis Vanuel, whoever did the Andalusian dog, which you know like started riots back in the 30s, whenever they made it. I mean, it's real surrealistic stuff. And this movie makes you think this guy's got a hell of a career. Well, he, he did the first Puppet Master, and I know a lot of people like that. But then he also made a movie called Crawl Space with Klaus Kinski, and I think it broke him, as would happen to anyone who had to spend any amount of time trying to direct Klaus Kinski. It was a traumatic experience I doubt he's ever recovered from. He did make a film called, I think, Klaus Kinski Needs to be Killed. So some scars never heal. I'd like to actually see that one. <laughs> but yeah, Tourist Trap on Shutter, And uh, creepy little thing. I, I, I don't know why I've never seen anyone cosplay as the mannequins. Oh. This because they are definitely, they're memorable and just creepy AF. So I will throw this to, uh, I guess, Paul again. Thank you. I, I do have to second uh, second Jay on, on Tourist Trap. I had fun introducing my uh, my youngest to it. Well, he's, he's like 19. I guess it was a year ago. So, I mean, um, so anyway, yeah. And I'll third cool. it because Paul recommended it to me too. Yay. Yeah. Oh, right. Very good, Paul. I'll fourth it. <laughs> well, there we go. Let's enjoy it. Unanimous. Yeah. All right. So my, my, second, my second pick today is another anime series. This one is uh, Le Chevalier Dion. Yeah, that's that's great. It's gonna be easier. It's in French. the 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 title's in French, but it's it's Japanese. Yeah, it's L E C H E V A I crap crap. Uh, Chevalier, like as a Maurice. Uh, Deon. E actually E O N. Le Chevalier Deon. It's on Funimation. It's from two thousand six. It takes place uh in pre revolutionary uh pre French Revolution France. Uh, a, a young woman is uh, her body is washed ashore in a coffin with the word Psalms written on it. And her brother, uh, Deon de Beaumont, the Le Chevalier Deon, he, um, who works actually for the King's Secret, sort of like a secret service, um, uh, vows to find out what, what ha- you know, what's going on with, with uh, this, what killed her and who's going on. I won't want to give too many spoilers, but... Um, it it gets to the point where there are demon slash vampire slash zombie things at some point, and he does often get possessed by his sister and turn into her. Um, 
and it, it's a really interesting series. It's kind of neat because it has a lot of historical characters in it. Um, and it's really well done. It's really neat. Um, and I don't want to say too much else to give it away. It is 24, ep- 24 episodes, so it is a bit of a time investment. Um, but one of the really neat things about it is the Chevalier Dion was a real person. Now, I can't say whether or not they battled, um, they battled uh, you know, demons or anything. But the, act- the actual Chevalier Dion was um he was a spy a soldier a diplomat and then he was a spy for france in russia in um uh he was he was in the russian court in in, um the empress elizabeth of russia's court as a woman so uh, the the chevalier lived as a woman in the, the russian court as a spy and then later for 33 years um, until their death, uh, lived as a woman. So basically, really actually early, you know, would be considered trans today, which is kind of neat. And uh, so a really neat character to look up, really not character, person to look up uh, and read about as well. So again, that's Le Chevalier Dion, D exclamation point E-O-N. Um, Are you going to spell this verse again? Yes. And... <laughs> Well, because it's you know how many people know our spot, and it's on uh, it's on um, Funimation. So there you go, um, Renee. What have you got? That sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so so um, um, boy, I'm trying to premise this, but or preface this, but I don't want to. Our our discussion. You, okay. Well, you mentioned, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. The amusement park and the amusement park can kind of give you a lot of feels one way or the other. So I wanted to, well, probably not the other. Um, so I wanted to, uh, recommend something that makes me happy because that did not make me happy anyway. Um, So I'm going to uh, capitalize on the recent success of our friend in the Army of the Dead, uh, Miss Tignataro, and my recommendations are a few things. It is um, what you need to do. Start on Netflix. It's a documentary called Tig. It's very good. It's very interesting. Talks a lot about her health struggles and her relationship. And kind of how she's putting together a stand-up act. So it's very interesting. It's very cool. Uh, Then go to HBO Max and watch Boyish Girl Interrupted. That is the stand-up special that she kind of put together during the documentary. It is, again, you know, obviously it's Tignatar. It's going to be very funny. Then (laughs) you need to go to Netflix and you need to see Happy to Be Here. And that is another stand-up special she did. But that's a little bit later down the road uh, where she is um, a little more cemented in her relationship. She's, um, you know, thankfully in recovery at this point. Um, So, yeah, it is... uh, She's just outstanding. Um, she's very, very funny. And um, she makes, you know, even the serious subjects that they cover in the documentary, uh, you know, kind of lighthearted and bearable. So I recommend it. And I'll pass this on to Zach. Well, so my second pick, I said that I ha- kind of had a theme today. And this is a complete coincidence because I actually watched my second pick a couple months ago. Before I knew that the amusement park was coming out, but we hadn't seen uh, like trailers or anything for it, so it wasn't really on my radar. But I watched uh, this film, and I was like, "This seems like a combination of 
a George Romero film and a David Lynch film. Mm. The movie I'm talking about is mm. Malatesta's Carnival of Blood from 1973. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had never I had never heard of this movie until I saw it on Arrow, uh, the Arrow player. And I was like, you know, it sounds it sounds like a, an interesting, uh, interesting little, you know, hidden gem. So I'll check it out. It is uh, the plot is about a family that is I guess they're looking for their missing son. Although when I was watching it, I don't remember them really ever mentioning their missing son, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah. so they infiltrate this carnival that is managed by uh, a Mr. Blood, which you, you know, you immediately know if you go to a. Uh, a creepy carnival that is run by Mr. Blood. Uh, you're probably you're probably in for should some be trouble. a giveaway. Yeah, should be a giveaway. Um, this film is like unrelentingly amateurly made. It is amateurly acted. It is the sort of film that should be like borderline unwatchable, but somehow it is really fascinating. Like I said, it kind of reminds me of the uh, kind of I, I don't know like. Uh, not small town, but uh, the you know the the countryside aesthetic of George Romero combined with the just really bizarro kind of dreamlike, almost nightmarish aesthetic of David Lynch. There are a lot of really weird. Uh, it, there's a lot of re- really weird imagery in it. It's it's got uh, a couple of actors that are maybe familiar to people. It's got a uh, Herve. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but you know. Uh, uh, tattoo from Fantasy Island it also stars a couple of people who are, or at least one person who is definitely has a a direct George Romero connection. Uh, Daniel Dietrich as the uh, titular Malatesta, who would uh, I think he only had like three credits, but he would go on to uh, appear in Dawn of the Dead as the uh, the station manager, and it also has a an appearance by a really weird actor that I was like, oh, he looks really, for some reason, he looks familiar. It is the first on-screen appearance of William Preston. Now, if you don't know who William Preston is, that's not really surprising because he was not a starring man. He, I think he was like 40 or 50 or something in this movie, uh, went on to kind of be in a lot of stuff as the old man. Uh, the things that I know him from, if you're familiar with Late Night with Conan O'Brien in the late 90s, uh, he played the role of Carl Oldie Olsen. And he also played a very small role in one of my favorite films. He was the the guy down in the uh, the tanker in Waterworld. But this is where God. I'm start. Yeah. <laughs> I got to connect everything back to Waterworld. Um, yeah. This is the only movie uh, William Spieth directed this mo- film, and it was the only movie he ever made. I can kind of see why, because like I said, it's it's just incredibly amateur. And again, it's it's not the sort of movie that I should have enjoyed. It's the sort of movie that I I feel like I should have just you know turned off like 15 minutes into it. But for some reason, I could not look away. There was a very weird aesthetic to it that I I just ended up really enjoying. So yeah, uh, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood is currently playing on the Arrow Player and Tubi. So if you're in the mood for something weird, or if you want to do a double feature with George Romero's The Amusement Park, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I want to throw in a second recommendation for that one. It's, it's, It's like a tone poem is how I kind of thought of it. Um, uh, I'm like sorry. A, yeah, I consider it like a tone poem. So don't necessarily look for coherent. <laughs> oh plot. yeah, it's more the feeling that you get from it, and uh, and, and true, also yeah. and a lot of bubble wrap was used. So there was a lot of bubble wrap used in the <laughs> uh, right. in the background. Yeah, if that doesn't intrigue you, 
kind of so does. I, I don't. I watched the movie, and I'm not even sure if I know what you're talking about. A lot of maybe... a lot of the, a lot of the sets were like made or covered out of bubble wrap. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like like yeah. the I, I can't remember if the 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 upside down Volkswagen Beetle was, or there was like some sort of lizard sculpture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot sense. of bubble wrap, so that's that's, that's the main so thing great. Our... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, you know derail things. Well, I don't think you can really derail us because I think that's yeah. the end of our episode. We've got seven oh, wow. recommendations and one yeah. anti-recommendation, which is probably the first thing that everyone's going to rush do. out. And then they're going <laughs> to come back and they're going to say, Bill, as is often the case, you were right. But I will take notes <laughs> from that. Well, well, they're going to come back. They're going to do what I always do, which is when people warn me off of something and they know it's going to make me even more interested. And then I'm going to come back and be like, why did you get me interested in that? And they're like, I told you not to, but, like, but you but you knew wow, that, that, wow. that was going to make that, me that want is, to watch it. That is totally from the why did you make me hit you school of logic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the school of logic I graduated from, Bill. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, hey, does anyone have? I just realized we we. I don't think we talked about songs. Uh, does anyone have a song they want to play us out on? Does anyone know the 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 Marriage of Figaro, the Barbers of oh, God, Figaro, 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 Figaro. And once again, if you weren't taking notes or if you had trouble figuring out what Paul was saying with all those weird French titles. Here are our picks for June 18th, 2021. Once again, Bill suggested Tourist Trap, which is currently available on Shudder and Tubi. And he, he suggested against watching Bloodsucking Creeks, which you should not watch on Shudder. Renee suggested The Ranger, which is available on Shudder. And then a Tig Notaro uh, triple feature, I guess, which includes Tig on Netflix, Boyish Girl Interrupted on HBO Max, and then Tignataro, Happy to Be Here, which is also on Netflix. I suggested The Amusement Park, which is available on Shudder, and Malatesta's Carnival of Blood, which is now playing on Arrow and Tubi. And finally, Paul recommended uh, Trace... Trace... T-R-E-S-E, currently playing on Netflix, and Le Chevalier de Lyon? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's on Funimation now. It's uh, Go back and listen to the episode. Paul pronounces it or spells it like 20 times. So I'm sure you can pick it up. 